1: Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply.
0: Can we just talk about summer for a second? The sun shining, the beach calling, and oh, the style. Macy's is your ultimate summer style destination. Whether you're jet setting or just chilling in your backyard. I'm all about easy breezy outfits and Macy's has it all from flowy summer dresses to those must have espadrilles and Levi's skirts. Macy's has them. Oh, and those Dolce Vita sandals. Let me tell you, they're a game changer for all day comfort and style Seeds Infused Tequila.
2: Enjoy responsibly. 21 Seeds Diageo, New York, New York.
3: Scrubbing in with Becca Tilly and Tanya Rev an iHeartRadio podcast.
0: Hello. I don't even know how to do the intro. Hello. Happy Monday. We are scrubbing in and it is not Becca Tilly. It is Tanya. It is Mark and it is Easton. Becca is out sick today. So um, it started out that she was going to do the podcast from home. She texted me and was just like, I'm not feeling good. And uh, I just don't want to get you sick before you go on vacation. I was like, that's so nice. Thank you so much. And then it quickly went downhill from there. And she's just feeling like poop. So she couldn't. Stuff's going around,
1: man. My wife was sick all last week. She tested negative for COVID over and over again, but man, she was down. Like there's a really vicious flu going around right now. There's bad strep throat going around right now. It's all kinds of stuff out there. Cause I think, is there, is there something to our immune systems being weird after being holed up for years? And then suddenly we're, we're going to catch everything.
0: I don't know. There's got to be, but let me tell you, I'm just trying to not get any of it because your girl is on a plane going on vacation very soon. So I'm like, crossing my t's and dotting my i's for just just to just to <laughs> not catch anything from anybody. Good. But I'm just like taking good counter. To have that
1: level of diligence.
0: Yeah, I'm taking counterattack and just trying to drink a lot of water. But yeah.
1: yeah good. That's all you can do.
0: Stuff's going around. Um but there is something that I didn't want to talk about, but I don't want to talk about it without Becca because she's involved in the story, but Over the weekend. So this is
1: what they call a tease.
0: Yeah. So this is a deep. It'll it'll be a deep tease because next week I'm going to be gone. um,
1: Oh, my gosh. Because
0: I'll be on vacation. So it's going to be in two weeks. We're going to do the Allie Grant story because we were at Jojo's um, her uh, swimwear event it was like the to promote her swimwear line with cup and uh ali is one of becca's best friends and her manager and she and i were just at the bar and and becca came up to us and she was like what's going on and we turned to her and we were like we like each other now she was like you guys didn't like each other before and we were like nah and so everybody wants to know the story behind that um and it's a very funny story. And it goes back to like when I first met Allie, but we like totally talked about it at the, this event. And like, I wouldn't say squashed it because it wasn't like a beef or anything, but we talked about it. And so I want to share the story because, but I feel like Becca needs to be involved.
1: So there was some weirdness between you and Allie at some point.
0: Our whole relationship.
1: Oh, wow. okay. But, but it wasn't a beef but like maybe you were like the best friendness was
0: weird? Well, no, because she was like, I thought she was like, I was thinking about it. And like, you're one of Becca's best friends and I one of Becca's best friends, but we're not close at all. And I was like, well, yeah, I know that. And so that's kind of where the conversation started. So then we kind of dissected okay. and, and peeled back some things. And so people were very curious. So we will talk about that. And then I got this text from Becca. Um, I think it was yesterday. She wasn't feeling well. And she basically was like, um, Hold on. I just want to read it verbatim because it's so funny. She goes, so I'm watching Shits Creek. I'm on episode five. I haven't laughed yet, but I know people say the first season isn't the best. Am I going to think it's funny eventually? Or is it like, if I'm not laughing now, I won't be laughing later. Oof. I told her to stick with it. I was like, it's the best show I've ever watched. I'm obsessed with it. So I told her to stick with it, but wow. I haven't gotten an update from her. So
1: I don't, I don't remember laughing a lot. I remember enjoying it. I don't remember, like, laughing out loud that often. Oh. Is that weird to say about a comedy that I really liked it, <laughs> but I didn't laugh that much?
3: I don't know. I laughed a lot. Yeah,
1: I laughed a lot, too, at that. I think you're just a humorless person, mm. Mark. That's what I think. That could be that. Yeah. But, like, yeah. what
0: did you enjoy if you didn't think it was funny?
1: I, I enjoyed the characters. I enjoyed the scenarios. <laughs> <laughs> enjoyed the wacky hijinks they got you, into. You enjoyed the situations, but not the comedy. Of I a situational guess, comedy. I don't know. I just I know my wife and I watched it. I don't think we laughed that much, but I think we enjoyed it. But oh also we never did finish it. So wow there might be something to that.
0: There's definitely something to that. It wasn't
1: a conscious bail, it was just that we never got back to oh it. Oh my we gosh. Like I wanna seasons.
0: like I wanna get my feedback in that show. I miss it so much. Like I'm like, I miss them. Mm. Miss the fam
1: yeah I get that
0: yeah but I'm way into Barry right now, so there's that.
1: Oh, I love Barry. It's so good. I haven't watched the last couple but I'm kind of letting them pile up yeah so and dive
0: yeah, I bet we'll probably watch them out on vacation. We like to like watch TV shows on vacation.
1: Have you gotten through season one?
0: I think we just finished season one last night
1: okay. And I got to say, Stranger Things is excellent. I know that that's like, you know, so 2016 to be talking about Stranger Things. But Lame. wow, season four is phenomenal. I'm very impressed. I'm I kidding. I've, I've been much.
0: hearing a lot of talk about Stranger Things and I gave up on it season two. But now I feel like I want to get back on it because everybody's saying it's so good.
1: It's really good. You know, what's nice also is Netflix has recaps of the previous seasons that you can access. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated that because it it takes me a while to remember what's going on. Oh, my gosh.
0: But that's pretty much it, you know, like not a whole lot going on. I feel as though um, before you go on vacation, there's a lot of stress of like all the things you have to do before you leave that it's like almost more stressful.
1: Who's got Sunny while you're gone?
0: So uh, my best one of my best friends, Raquel, her mom, Heidi, is going to watch her so i made oh, like nice. a contact mm-hmm. like a little like emergency contact thing i got all of her food prepared for the week um i'm sending her with all her toys her crate it's like a big to-do
1: mm-hmm. definitely is
0: got her like cleaned up got her groomed before we like you no know, we don't want to leave her like stinky so just doing all that all the laundry getting all my bug spray
1: you have special doggy bug spray? No. It's yeah, not is for, that for you or it's for you, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, It's for me because I'm like, I'm oh. um, getting eaten alive here in Los Angeles. So I can only imagine it's going to be worse, uh, you know, anywhere else. So I'm just gearing up.
1: Well, Orkin named um, Los Angeles the number one mosquito city in America. I know you're leaving the country, but I, I, I'm not sure necessarily that it would be worse anywhere else.
0: I When I went to Bora Bora that one time, when i was eaten alive like i had mosquito bites i probably had like 75 among both my legs like i was in tears my mom had to like wow. put ointment on each one and i was like bawling <laughs> so you know i'm just trying to just trying to be proactive here you know modern was woman this
1: recently or are you a child
0: no this was recent this was like a couple years ago
1: oh okay all right mm-hmm. like
0: two or three years ago
1: Man, sorry to hear that it's all right yeah, you showed us the bite on your leg yeah. right now, and that is the size of a softball.
0: Yeah, and it's, like, bruising, so, you know, we're good. So you're going prepared,
1: though, into this vacation. You're going to just be—I'm compl- picturing one of those, like, cartoony, like, spray bottles just full of noxious bug spray you're going to cover yourself in. <laughs> yeah, but accurate? you want to know
0: what's so funny is that we are trying to carry carry on our bags. We don't want to check wow. bags. So—
1: Oh, Now, is that to save the money or is that to save the time at baggage claim or both?
0: Well, a little bit of both, but mostly the time because we're doing connecting flights. And so there's nothing more annoying than having to like get your bag in New York to then check it again on your next flight to like.
1: Oh, it doesn't. They don't check it through because you're changing airlines or something.
0: Yeah, we're changing airlines. okay. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: that's annoying
0: yeah so it's really become like a game of tetris like how much can i fit in this carry-on
1: yeah yeah how long are you gone S-
0: i'll be gone for eight days wow
1: <laughs> in a
2: carry-on? wow
0: i'm gonna do some laundry like in the sink you know i'm not above that i'm not above like washing my workout oh my clothes God. in the sink and laying it out to wow. dry
1: <laughs> all right <laughs>
0: Yeah, so that's kind of where my head's at. Are you guys going to miss me? Are you going to like.
1: So no? much. I can't speak for Easton, only for myself, but oh, so yeah. much. You'd like, you wouldn't believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, I'm dreading the moment you leave.
0: Yeah, uh huh. Sounds like it. So, with that being said, um, <laughs> we are going to welcome our guest into the OR. Her name is Ashley Green, and I'm really excited. You may know her from the franchise Twilight. Um, So she was on that, and she does kind of like a one of those like recap watch podcasts for. Her. It's called The Twilight Effect. But what really like tickles my pickle with Ashley Green. Well, now her name's Ashley Green Corey because she's married. But she started this company called Hummingway, and it's all about period and wellness and vagina talk. And you know that's right up my alley. So yeah, when Becca called out sick, I was like, it's okay because I could talk to Ashley Green about periods for days so we'll take a quick break and we'll come back with ashley green to talk about all things period can i rant for a sec please Did you know that May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? And guess what? Macy's is celebrating in a big way. I was browsing Macy's online the other day, and I couldn't help but notice that they're highlighting some incredible AAPI-owned brands. culture, style, and education together. Okay, so I am really excited to welcome our next guest to the podcast because I've been actually wanting, uh, I've been wanting her for a while now, and she is here. So please welcome Ashley Green Corey to the OR today. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited because, um, so I'm really open about my period and I talk about all the things I have to do with period and it makes people really uncomfortable a lot. And I don't care. (laughs) They'll love me. (laughs) But um, a lot of my, a lot of the scrubbing listeners have messaged me about you saying that you would be a great guest because of your, um, because of Hummingway, the company that you co-founded. And so I kind of was like digging into that. And I also am a fan of Twilight. And so it's just like all, you're just kind of a mix of everything that I love. All the things. I'm here for it all. (laughs) Um, Okay. So where should we start? I think we should start period talk.
4: Yeah. Let's dive into it. I just was saying I'm like the period person at this point.
0: <laughs> I feel the same way, friend. but you know what's interesting? Like the other day I was walking to um, the bathroom at work and I was carrying my tampon. And I, whenever I go to the bathroom, I carry my tampon out like this because I used to hide it up my sleeve. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why am I hiding it up my sleeve? I'm not embarrassed or ashamed that I'm on my period. And so I started walking yeah. around with it out like that. And I posted it on Instagram and so many like women messaged me that they are the same way. Yeah, I think that's
4: so wonderful and it is because I, I think a lot of us were kind of preconditioned to believe that like you get your period, it's a curse and you do everything that you can to hide the fact that you are a woman and go through this life cycle. Um, and now I'm starting to see a lot of people be a lot more kind of bold um, about being on their period and, and speaking about it and that's kind of it's beautiful to see because honestly that part of the whole reason hummingway exists is to, give people a platform to be able to communicate and to be able to openly speak about these things. Cause I think for a long time, myself included, like I was just so, it was just a very
0: shameful thing, which is kind of ridiculous when you think about it in a bigger scale. Well, right. It's like women make up, I think it's 51% of the population now Mm -hmm. and we all have our periods and yet we can't openly communicate about our trials and tribulations in that area because it's like taboo.
4: Yeah. And I've kind of hit this point and I hope that, you know, eventually everyone will be in this phase of their life where I'm just like, Oh, I'm sorry if that makes you uncomfortable, but that's not my problem (laughs) At, at this point. And like, this is, I mean, the period is now recognized as the fifth vital sign. So there's so much information that your period can give you. And, and there's so much that we still don't know about it. Like until I was 32 years old, I didn't realize that I had phases in my menstrual cycle. Like I was like, what is a luteal phase? Oh, what?
0: I'm like-, like so obsessed with my phases. And I'm like, I'm going to get to that project when I start my follicular phase. Cause I'm in my menstrual phase right now. And I'm feeling like really lazy and lethargic. And I just like, don't want to do it.
4: Yeah. And honestly, it becomes this kind of, I think it, it becomes this like tool that we can work with. And it is, it's wonderful. I actually just saw a meme the other day where someone was talking about the difference between like Austin, New York and LA and the girl in LA was like, well, I'm in my luteal phase. So I'm just going to wait for, (laughs) for the time being until I get back to my follicular phase. And I was like, this is wonderful. Well done LA. Um, but it is kind of, it's nutty. Like once you start paying attention, I always encourage people. I'm like, listen, I think, because of the way that we have been fed information about our period for so long, there's a lot to now open your mind to and around. And it seems a bit overwhelming for people. At yeah. times. Um, and my advice is always just like, listen, take in as much as you want, but take baby steps. And then it becomes something that is kind of fun and exciting to be able to have control over. And like the biggest thing for me was just like, Oh, I'm not crazy. Like that, that one singular thing of at least understanding like, Oh, these three days, there is a shift. And even if I can't change it, like I know at this moment in time, maybe I'm not as rational (laughs) Um, or maybe I shouldn't go and try and push myself to work out as hard or push myself to be a social. Um, And it's that alone was really huge for me. And then now I can kind of like go in and fine tune like, oh, I'm going to change my diet during my luteal phase. I'm going to change how I work out during my luteal phase. Like you really start to kind of fine tune your menstrual cycle and how you kind of engage
0: dependent on that. And I think that's a very cool thing. I was the same way. Like I was like, it's a lot of information to digest, but Mm -hmm. I, I, and and people come to me asking so many questions and I'm like, I'm definitely not the expert, but that's kind of where I started too. I started kind of realizing what these phases were when I was going through them. And then I started realizing, okay, so I'm going to start working out this way during this phase. And I'm going to kind of incorporate, like, I didn't like, I don't change my diet based on the phase, but I'll Mm -hmm. incorporate, more foods that are better for that phase if it's easy for me so it's not like I do a total overhaul Overhaul. yeah it's just like piece by piece and the thing that I found why I started getting really into this was because I was getting like chronic UTIs Mm -hmm. just like UTI after UTI and my gyno kept giving me just like prescription after prescription and I was like I don't want to be taking antibiotics all the time this is crazy yeah And so it wasn't until I kind of took it into my own hands and really started like digesting and really kind of being like, okay, I'm not going to sit back and just take all these pills. And I came up with this like solution where knock on wood, (laughs) I've been like a year and a half UTI free, but I was getting them consistently once a month for like eight months and just like pumping myself with this medication because that's just like how it is, you know, you go to your gyno and they, they, they hear a symptom and it's, that's what, that's what it is. And it wasn't the case for me.
4: There's like a little kind of guide that they go by. And that's a lot of, you know, the whole reason Hummingway started to exist is because my, so my co-founder Olivia um, ended up being diagnosed with PMDD, um, which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder. I had gotten off birth control and went from having no symptoms to having crazy symptoms and being met with, well, you know, you can get back on birth control or you can take Accutane and mood stabilizers and like basically anything, but like, why is this happening? Right. And, and Olivia and I had this like separate kind of journey and we ended up coming together because we were both like, this is ridiculous that these are the answers that were fed and that they aren't truly answers. And you're not looking at what is causing the symptom. You're just going like, here's a cover up band-aid, and like nothing against, I mean, listen, the way that our healthcare providers are set up, like they don't have the bandwidth and the ability to kind of sit down with you and, and really go through what your body is doing and, and respond to it. And so like part of the homingway is an educational platform so that
0: people can start to be their own health advocates because you kind of have to. It's so true. And yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's not I'm not trying to, I'm, it's not like a knock on my gyno by any means, but it's like, that's just their way of thinking. And that's just how they were taught and reactive. Yeah. And I think once I started realizing that, like once I took control and started asking questions about myself and figuring it out for my body, I was like, oh my gosh. And so I started getting into cycle syncing because I was having like really gnarly cramps. And I was like, this just doesn't feel like this is obviously my body reacting in a way that doesn't feel healthy. And yet yeah, I'm just like, oh, it's right. just my period. And so that's when I started looking at a cycle syncing and all the stuff that I was doing. That's like oh, yeah. so <laughs> not what I should have been doing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and
4: that's the... The problem I think is because we, again, like we've been taught where we're like, oh, it's just a period and you have to suffer in silence. And, and also this idea that like, you just have to like power through and you have to operate like a man. And, um, and a lot of our systems are set up for a man and not a woman. And so we're just now entering into a time where I think, you know, a lot of women or people with uteruses are stepping back and going like, Hey, this doesn't work for me. Um,
0: this doesn't apply to me. Let's figure out a better system for sure. And, you know, uh, so I started going to pelvic floor physical therapy, which I'd never heard of before in in my life. But, you know, mine was backwards because I think a lot of people go to it like after they give birth to kind of like retighten this pelvic floor space and Mm -hmm. mine was too tight. And so I was going to like loosen it. Yep. So um, but when I was going there, they introduced me to this um, menstrual cup. And she was saying that I like because I I was changing my tampons way too often the like almost like I was getting giving my like vagina rug burn or something by like pulling out a dry tampon. Yeah. And so she was like, you should start doing this menstrual cup. And I'm like, literally, I'm 33 years old and I've never heard of a <laughs> menstrual cup or how to use it. Like I felt like a teenager again being like, how do I like do this thing? And so oh, yeah. that completely changed my life. And now I'm like the poster child for menstrual cups. I'm like, these are life changing. But why hasn't anybody told me about this?
4: Yeah. And I think that's kind of a more recent thing too. And and again, we're starting to see a beautiful space where people are being open and, and honest about these things versus it being this like taboo hush hush. But I was like, the, all of this happened to me in my thirties also. And, and I was kind of like ashamed of that at first, but was like, nobody taught me otherwise. So like shame on them, not me. Yeah. And, uh, the menstrual cup for me is like one, I found that I had less cramping, Like when I put a tampon in, it caused me to cramp a bit. And with whatever, like the pressure of where the menstrual cup was sitting, I had way less cramping. And it's like, at first I had to wrap my head around the fact where I was like, well, you're shoving your hands up your vagina. And like, that's kind of weird. But as far as like cleanliness and hygiene goes, it's way better.
0: I agree. And then my mind was blown. I didn't even realize that tampons were like dunked in bleach unless you buy organic. I was never buying organic tampons. Like I didn't even think about that.
4: One sometimes the problem with, uh, a lot of like organic too, is that then you're having the materials will kind of like piece off. So I'm, I'm all for menstrual cups and it's way better for the environment. So I'm with you. I also just started going to pelvic floor therapy. I'm pregnant. So I decided to go in before I give birth and, and be proactive. Um, but same thing, my, the doctor was like, oh yeah, your pelvic floor is really tight. And I was like, well, Okay. So like, it's this like weird process where they're like, all right, we need to like loosen everything before you give birth and then tighten everything back after. up. Wait, first of all, yeah.
0: congratulations. Thank you. This is your second child, right? No. First kid. First kid. When are yeah. you due? September. September. Okay. Yep. So wait, is that a
4: Virgo? Yeah. My husband is really, really excited about that. About a Virgo he was like, baby? Would, before we even decided to have like before conception he was like I want a Virgo baby and I was like I don't think this is how that works um that we're gonna plan our life around the fact because he's a Virgo um, oh, I love your husband already <laughs> this is my kind of guy yeah um should be should be interesting but we, we're super super excited
0: wait a, like fr- it's finally getting real the um my pelvic floor therapist also told me she was like when women give birth it's basically like you're running a marathon you know, your body is going through a lot of stuff. And when you run a marathon, you train for it. You go run, you know, you like, um, you get yourself ready by going a couple miles one day and then adding another mile or two and keep going, going, going. And then, but when women give birth, they just, people just expect you just to like give birth and then, that's it. And you don't prepare yep. for the marathon. And so I would like that, like totally shifted my mind in terms of like the public floor physical therapy and doing all of these things, because it's true, like your body is going through something super traumatic. So why would you not be like training for it up until you do? Yeah.
4: I've heard the same thing. And my doctor say that she's like a lot of my patients who tend to work out up until they give birth have generally easier births because you are like you're training for a marathon. It's crazy. And then, yeah, it's the, I, I, I just read this book called bringing a baby and it's about like the French system and like how well taken care of their mothers are versus what we have here. And I'm like, this is ridiculous that it is kind of, they're like, you know, we want everyone women are supposed to have babies, but then like you get pregnant and you have a child and they're like, cool, you're on your own. Have fun with that. And it's, and it is like, I go to a place called origin way. Oh, that's Um, where I go. Oh, amazing. Oh, do you, uh, I go to Dr. Anna. (laughs) Um, no, I do not go. Yeah. But, um, but actually Corrine, the founder of it is, is one of our advisors for Hemingway. And so that's how I was, she was like, you should definitely get in here. But she kind of introduced that idea to me where she was like, You know, every other part of your body, when there's trauma, you get PT, and your body goes through this huge traumatic event,
0: and you're just left with nothing. And I was like, oh, wow, let me get ahead of that. So, it honestly, it's, that's so funny that you say that because I'm like the biggest advocate for pelvic floor physical therapy because I had no idea what it was. And it totally, I think, I mean, I did like all the things. So when I was getting all these chronic UTIs, I, I started doing pelvic floor physical therapy. I changed my laundry detergent to like clean and f- fresh or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. or like, you know, chemical free, uh, I stopped wearing thongs and there was one other thing that I did, uh, so it's like hard to say which one of them actually like <laughs> did it, did it. or the, the menstrual cup. I switched to the menstrual cup. So I did all those things in like a matter of like four weeks. Yeah. Um, but game changing, like life changing, truly.
4: Yeah. Um, yeah. That's kind of funny. I feel like that happens a lot with people in their periods, UTIs, a lot of these things where like, you try everything at once and then you're like, what actually worked? Who knows? <laughs> but as long as it worked <laughs> great. And that's the other thing too, right? I have to tell people, I'm like, listen, you have to go on your own journey because what works at, we're so yeah. complex, you know? And so like what works for one person may not work for another. Like my symptoms were so heavily tied to my diet. And so my changing a lot of my diet took out a ton of my symptoms. And it's so interesting. Cause it's like, you know, people are like, go on all of these pills to fix it. And like, literally, I just had to do the work and change my diet. And now I don't really have the menstrual cycle symptoms
0: that I did. I mean, I have none right now because I'm pregnant, but <laughs> before that, it's so wild. It's so, there's so much to like digest. And so uh, I'm just happy that you started Humming away. And I didn't know. So you guys are uh, partners with Origin. No. So one, uh, she, the woman who
4: founded origin, uh, or one of she's a co-founder, but, yeah. um, Corrine, one of the founders is, uh, an advisor for, for Hemingway. I love that. Yeah. We're all about, and we have a wonderful medical board. Cause the same, you mentioned earlier that like, you know, you're, not an expert. A lot of people come to you, but it is, we were kind of like, listen, Olivia and I know our experience and we're definitely here to change the path for people. And, and one introduce, so what we do is introduce non-toxic solutions for menstrual cycle symptoms and an educational platform. Um, but there is, it's such a delicate subject that we were like, we really want to have a board of medical advisors so that they can come back with the correct answers. Um, and we we're kind of like, you know, we'll help when we can, but the, the main thing was to kind of provide this service for people. That's so awesome. I just yeah. love you. <laughs> like, <laughs> thank, thank you. True. I love you too. I feel like we're on such a
0: like similar path. <laughs> well, you know, it's just crazy because I don't like, I, I get inundated with messages from women that have said like, you know, they gave birth and now they can't laugh without peeing and they never even realized that there was like a solution or a way. And like, it just makes me sad that like, I just feel like it's not talked about enough. People just think they have to live with these. Like, I couldn't imagine not being able to laugh and pee my pants. Every time I laugh, like that sounds miserable. I was
4: like, (laughs) my thing, I was like, I I have to pee every five seconds anyways. So when I got pregnant, I was like, Oh no, it's all going to happen. But it is. And, and, and that I think is even more uh, people are, uh, they're not as likely to come forward and talk about those things. Like I'm really lucky that I'm surrounded by a couple of girlfriends who are like, yeah, i pee every time I laugh. And I'm like, wait, that's a thing, you know, but most people don't want to speak on that, but it's, it's something that so many women who have given birth go through. I'm going to, I'll follow up with you after I give birth and I'll let you know.
0: (laughs) I know. (laughs) I'm curious. (laughs) I'm so curious, but you know, I do have to give it. Like I was, uh, because I, you know, I was going and just taking all these pills and it was actually my boyfriend. He was like, this is not good. Like, let's think about this. Like, let's slow down and like, let's figure out a solution. And if it wasn't for him, like kind of slowing me down, because I think also pre-pandemic you're in this like headspace of just like, okay, this pill will fix this. Like I'll take that. And like, you know what I mean? Like it was just kind of go, 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 go. Like I can't slow down to like, actually like figure out what's going on. And like, that was really eye opening for me. Good for your boyfriend. I, it's so funny. I went through some,
4: my husband um, and my co-founder's mom is a homeopath. And so whenever, you know, we got together, it like completely shifted my viewpoint because I was the same. Like I was just raised on like Western medicine. Yeah. And doctor knows best and you take whatever they give you. Um, and then my eyes were completely opened and I was just like, oh, no. This is, you know, why am I and I was on birth control, but I was on a couple of other medications and, you know, and made a decision that I was going to try and figure out what was triggering me versus taking a pill to just fix it, which is hard because in the moment, especially if we're all, I think, we have a lot more on our plates than we should. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to fix the problem, you know, immediately. And usually a pill is the way to do that. But I, I will say, I think doing the work and being able to be free of those things and really work. I mean, it's all about kind of, I think, balancing yourself. Yeah, uh, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful feeling. <laughs>
0: Did you know that May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? And guess what? Macy's is celebrating in a big way. I was browsing Macy's online the other day, and I couldn't help but notice that they're highlighting some incredible AAPI-owned brands. Culture, style, and education together. Presented by 21 Seeds. So, you know, because you have a ton of friends and throw lots of girls nights, it's important to always have a signature cocktail ready to go.
2: Definitely. And people don't want to spend all their time at the drink bar. They'd rather be doing fun stuff like With a powerful clean and refreshing scent, Clorox Santiva cleans like Clorox and feels like confidence. Get yours now at a retail store near you. Want to know where all the spring savings are this year? Ross, you'll find huge deals on all of the latest spring trends.
0: that brand name handbag at this price? Of course. Deals on handbags? Yeah, hold my purse. Seriously, just visit your nearest
2: Ross and see for yourself. Ross has something for everyone. Plus, each new shopping trip means new finds. If you really love savings, head to Ross today. Believe me, your wallet will thank you. So what are you waiting for? Say yes for less at Ross.
0: Uh, just to back up, how long have you been married? Uh, almost four years. And how did you meet your husband? So we met,
4: he uh, ended up moving in with one of the guys that I was, so I was a part of this like best friend crew and there was like five dudes in me. Um, and he ended up moving in with one of them and becoming a part of that best friend crew. And so we just, you know, not organically became homies um, for like five years. We were just friends. And, and then one year I ended up by, when I bought my house, I like, I was it's a whole thing. I was like two years. It took me to get this house. Um, I was like, everyone come over. And so it was, he came over and it was the first time we were not in a group of people, I think was what really did it for me. And we talked for like three hours. And when he left to go to work, I was like, Oh, I want to date you. <laughs> okay. And then after that, just literally like stocked, he was a bartender at the time. And so I had like, looked like a complete lush, but just like showed up at his work a lot. And sometimes would like close out with him. And he finally, after like two or three weeks of this, got the picture oh, that we sent to him. So you kind of like made the first move. Yeah. Oh. It was, it was one of those things. Cause I'm like, it, it's such a weird thing. Like that. Well, I was like, how can you be homies with someone for like five years and and really truly not realize that this is the love of your life yeah um and and it did it was just like literally like something
0: clicked. kind of flipped
4: and I was just like oh
0: okay and That's, then- I can't imagine because I was never like a guy's girl like I never had close yeah. guy friends so for me it was either like I want to date you and I want to make out with you or I don't really want to be around you, be around
4: you. <laughs> yeah not interested. <laughs> not, interested. not interested oh yeah
0: I grew up, I was, a. my brother's
4: a year and a half older than me. And we grew up on like dirt roads and, you know, horses and mud pies and all the things. So I think that for me, I, I get on with guys quite well.
0: Wait, that's so you guys have been married for four years together for how long? Um,
4: we have been married for four. We were together for four or five before that. So like nine years. Oh, and it's just bliss. And we were friends for like five years before that.
0: So, and just happy. Yeah.
4: Yeah, it's it's really annoying to probably so many people around us where we're like, oh my God, we are grossly in love. And it's like we wake up every day and every day I'm like, You're my best friend, and he's like, You're my best friend. And it's I, you know, I think every relationship takes work. Yeah, I will say like there's definitely moments. But yeah, it's pretty awesome. I think we have like my parents are the same way where they're like kind of gross and annoying and love and his parents are the same way. So there was definitely like a bar that was there for both of us.
0: That's (laughs) I love that. I love the gross and in love because I'm, I'm the same way. And also I was like, I spent so many years like dating and just dating. Like it was rough. It was a, I had a rough go at it. So now I'm just like, I appreciate him so much more because I'm just like, I was waiting patiently for you and you're real yeah. and it is good. It can be just as good as you imagined. Yeah. And do you ever, th- like,
4: I think back now <laughs> I'm like, huh? Yeah. None of those other guys would ever. And I'm friends with a lot of my exes still, but like, I-, I just are? look at it now. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Friendly. Like we don't hang out, but like, okay. We're definitely, okay. Uh, that is a you know, difference. Yeah. 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 No, like we're like, if one of them were to have a kid, I would congratulate them, you know, type thing. But, um, but I look at the relationships I had and I'm just like, what? Like, never, ever would that have worked long term. I don't know what I was thinking. I know.
0: But I think who knows how like, I mean, I think obviously there's a higher, you know, God's looking out. Yeah. And he's got got it going on. But it's there's a plan. There's a plan
4: to like, I think it, I also I have to say, like, I guess to give my exes some credit, like I also look back at myself in my 20s and was like, oh, Like, I'm so glad that me and Paul didn't date because I was, you know, wild.
0: I was the same. Yeah. And also kind of just like, I think when you look back in your 20s, and I'm not saying generally, I'm not saying everybody in their 20s doesn't know, but I didn't really know myself then, you know? So I feel like when I went through my first like major heartbreak, it was so devastating because I was like, my life was him and everything that he liked to do. And I was just like, what does Tanya want to do? What do I like to do for fun? Like, where are my friends? You know, like, I didn't really have a sense of self. And so that was huge because I was like, if I would have married that guy, I would have been I don't even know where I would be today. Honestly, You're like, I, I would be divorced. <laughs> I would for, yeah. I, yeah. I don't even, I don't, I don't even want to know.
4: Oh yeah. No, I look at that too, where I think there's something to be, I don't know. I'm 35 now. And my mom said to me a, a while ago, she was like, your thirties and your forties will be such a wonderful time because you'll know who you are, but you'll still be young and, you know, kind of have this zest for life, but it's so true where I'm like, I don't feel, I mean, I don't feel old, uh, but I definitely feel like I understand who I am and I'm comfortable with who I am for like the first time. Because in your twenties, you're just, you know, they're meant. I think twenties are meant for mistakes,
0: and you're meant to figure out who you are. Mm-hmm. And it's so true. Like I, I I when I was on birth control too, and I got off birth control, my body just had this like visceral reaction to it. It was just like very jarring to see. Yeah, and so after that, I was like, I not going back on birth control it's just like not going to happen for me so that's why it was also really important to figure out my cycles and or to figure out like my phases cuz now I'm like I know when I'm ovulating and I'm just like extra careful
4: yeah no that's another crazy thing right just figuring out just like I think it is when you really look at it you're like mm, it's not that easy to get pregnant like <laughs> You know, if you really like track your cycle and you know, you know, I used, I think I used natural cycles um, and did like the basal body temperature testing. Um, What's
0: the bo- basal it's, body? It's, uh,
4: so it's basically like there. So I like natural cycles because they came, it comes with like a thermometer. And every morning, um, like before you do anything, you wake up and you take your temperature and your temperature shifts slightly whenever you're ovulating. And so if you do it correctly and you're consistent, your, um, the app will tell you like, oh, your, your body temperature has shifted. You're likely ovulating. And then I kind of partnered that, like I had the strips. This is when I was trying not to get pregnant, (laughs) but then I had the strips on top of that and was like, oh yeah. Like I could see and track when I was ovulating. Um, but I'm
0: like, yeah, it's really, you don't have to be on birth control to not get pregnant. I know. And I think that's such a misconception, especially when you're younger, you'd think like that's the only way.
4: Yeah. Well, that's why I went on it where I was like, 16 years old, and had like that's the other thing too. Like a lot of people, again, I'm like, if you want to get on birth control, fine, but understand what it's doing to your body, right? Um, (laughs) before you do. And I had no idea, I wasn't told about any of the side effects, and uh, just got on it at 16 before my body even had a chance to regulate my period. And so then coming off of it 16 years later, when I was 32 you know, my body was like, what is going on? And so of course I had like hormonal acne and crazy mood swings and debilitating cramps. And it was just like, my body was, was rebelling against the fact that like all of these symptoms had been there, but I had just kind of been masking them for so long. And it was a horrible time.
0: I know it's like, it's very crazy. It's so crazy to think back.
4: Yeah. But then when she why did you did you get off of it because you were experiencing the UTIs or did you just decide?
0: No. So I got off of it because I was not in a relationship anymore. I was going through a breakup. And so and I wasn't like into like I'm not really into on un, or uh, unattached sex. Like I was like, I'm not going to be like sleeping around. So I just kind of got off yeah. it to give my body a break. And then when I realized what it did to my body, I was like, oh, I can't go back on that. Yeah. Like it's (laughs) going to be, that's a, it's a hard pass for me. (laughs) Yeah. But I feel like when I started taking it, it wasn't really, I don't want to say an option, but it's just like, that's what it was. You know, like you're you start having sex, you get on birth control. It was just like, that's what it was. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. Well, I could literally talk to you for like a hundred years about that, but I do want to pivot into your podcast because I love the concept so Thank it's you. called the Twilight Effect. And you guys are yep. basically, you dissect each Twilight movie, you take it piece by piece.
4: Yep. So we will rewatch a movie, my co-host Mel and I, and then we'll do a couple of episodes where we just break down like kind of the play-by-play with all of our thoughts and concerns about it. And then we do a couple of episodes um, with someone. We try and kind of tailor it so that the person that we're interviewing has a heavier part in that movie. Um, So we'll do a couple of guest interviews and a couple that's just solo me and Mel. Um, But we've had some really fun pop-ins for people for the rewatches as well. Just like people that do twilight parodies and anyone who's kind of within the twilight realm, realm. um, or that twilight has had an effect on, we kind of bring onto the show. Was that time like crazy for you? Yeah. I mean, that's, what's been really fun about the podcast is that it's so like when we were all in it, it is, it it was this wild machine and like vacuum fishbowl thing that we were a part of. Um, and all of us were super tight lipped and didn't really talk like we were kind of media trained and like, you know, there was only so much information you could give away about the film. And we were really tight lipped about our, our personal lives. And so getting to do this now 15 years later and really explore what we were going through has been really cool. Cause it was like, when you think back on it, I'm like, Oh yeah, that was insane. And like, there are not many people on this planet who have gone through the same thing that we've gone through um, or been able to be a part of something that I think has had such profound impact on people's life. Like it's really cool to still be able to talk. We bring a lot of like fans on to talk about their experiences and it's, it's beautiful to see like the positive impact it's had on people's lives.
0: Yeah, uh, for sure. But I remember, um, so I was, I'm like friends with Taylor Lautner and I remember when I first met him I can't remember what, I think this was maybe like five or six years ago, but, um, there was like a security guard was with them and I was like, just talking about security stuff and I didn't, you know, you don't, I, the, the, <laughs> the, the, the safety behind it all is, is quite like, I didn't, obviously I experienced it and I loved Twilight in that moment also, but I don't think I even understood the, how grand it was until yeah. like almost recently
4: Oh yeah, it's. I think that's one of the things that people don't realize a lot is that when you're part of a franchise like this, it is like it's a wonderful thing, but your life's changed drastically, and there are things that you don't think you have to worry about, like security measures. That it it does it kind of thrusts you into the spotlight, and also we were in our (laughs) 20s. We were in our 20s that time when we were figuring ourselves out, and to do that in the public eye was also, you know not always the easiest thing to navigate. Yeah. I can't.
0: I <laughs> cannot
4: imagine. My mom was like, I like remember coming out of a club one time and getting photographed and my mom was like, is that really what you want to be known for? And I was like, damn. Okay. No, yeah. you're right. But,
0: but like, <laughs> how
2: do
4: you, but, but like, you can't do
0: anything. Like, what do you do? You just like live in a shell.
4: Yeah, it was a, it was definitely a battle. Well, I made sure where it was like, at least if you're coming out of clubs, don't come out drunk, but it is like, it's an unfair kind of thing where you are in your twenties and and anything you do is spoken about. And at the time I think press was a lot nastier. It a, yeah. It was not a nice kind of place to be like, um, I, things have certainly shifted now. And so, yeah, I think you had to kind of walk on
0: eggshells a little bit. Was your uh, did was your husband a fan of the of Twilight or was he like I don't know that he's even seen it. <laughs>
4: <laughs> um I feel like he's seen one of them. He definitely no. um he can appreciate it, <laughs> but no, is not really like we've been rewatching them um at my house, and so he'll like pop in, in the room and see some things and like kind of understands what's going on. But it's funny, like he doesn't he wasn't really heavily affected by it, even like I remember my dad and my brother at a certain point when I invited them to the premieres being like, oh, that's okay. You can invite, you can invite someone else. And I was like, okay, like, you know, it just wasn't their, their thing, thing. which I can kind of appreciate and like created some normalcy in my life.
0: Yeah. Is that, what does your, what does your husband do? Um, he is an entrepreneur at heart. So he has a, So he's like not, uh, not in the industry.
4: He's in, he does, he directs and he is, and he writes, but he's not an actor.
0: Okay. Yeah. Which is
4: nice. It's nice. Cause he gets like, he can appreciate what I do, but is, I don't know. dating another actor, I think comes with its own slew of difficulties.
0: I can't, <laughs> I just the schedules alone, I feel like is cause for a lot of conflict in relationships with like actors and actors, because I'm like, you get you, your life isn't your own when you're like on a set, right? Like you're like, you have this 12 hour schedule and you're just filming and you have to maybe move somewhere and live somewhere else. And it just feels not really conducive to, oh yeah. Partnership. I
4: I remember going through that in the midst of, excuse me, in the midst of Twilight, um, where like I would date someone who also was in the industry in some form or another. And like, yeah, it makes it really tough because neither of you is going to give up your job right um so yeah i'm like the people who who do make it work bravo to them because i'm like it is nice having like paul will he'll come he won't come out and stay for a long time but like we don't you know the two-week rule we try and stick by and and it's nice to be able to kind of you know he can pick up at a certain point and come visit me on set yeah which is nice my mom still doesn't understand though like (laughs) she i my mom's like so do you have i was maybe gonna go film this movie Um, before giving birth. And and my mom was gonna come out with me um just to make sure that I was like, okay. And she's like, Do you have your schedule yet? Do you have your flights yet? Like, I need to know. And I was like, Mom, I don't know until they tell me. Right. she still doesn't where she's like, Well, what are they gonna tell you? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) Right. Like you you. just have
0: to do what you're told. Like you are on a plane and you go. Yeah. It's so wild. Did you I don't know if you saw, did you see this quote by Jamie Chung and she was talking about um her decision to have a surrogate and she basically said, I don't want to misquote her, but it was something along the lines of like, um, she'd worked so hard in this industry and she didn't want, she's like, I didn't want to miss out on opportunities because I was pregnant. And I was just like, you know what? And she got a lot of heat for it. But I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm so like proud and and happy that somebody's saying that out loud because I think a lot of women, and I know a lot of women that feel that way, you know, like they're not necessarily don't have a surrogate but they get there they get a lot of anxiety when they're pregnant and then they go on maternity leave because they feel like they're missing out on so much and that their career is gonna like stop and you know you get off the treadmill for a second and you feel like you're out of it and i was like nobody talks about this stuff and i'm glad that she's just like saying it out loud because we're all having these conversations behind closed doors when all of us are feeling
3: it
4: yeah and she's i love jamie um, she's actually a friend of mine, and and I commend her for saying that because I think that's a, a difficult thing to say and a difficult decision to make and be honest about, and something I completely understand. Cause I'm I, you know, no matter how much I wanted to have this baby, still experience those things because it is tough, especially, you know, when you're a man and your wife is pregnant, you can still work throughout it. But yeah, as a the second I knew that the second that I announced publicly that I was pregnant. That would be it until after I give birth and after I'm ready to go back to set. And then it is kind of that game of like reintroducing yourself and being like, hi, I'm still the same person I was before and I'm ready to go back to set. And it's definitely something like that seeps into my mind every once in a while, even now where I'm just like that that moment of me being ready to go back to work and maybe having to wait an additional six months because. You know, I'm not at the like on everyone's tongue anymore. It's, it
0: sucks. It's such a weird, like, I have I've never had a baby, but I, I try and put myself in people's shoes because of, I was just talking to one of my girlfriends and she was like, it's such a, like, it's such a trip to in your mind. You know, she's like, you're watching other people do your show and like do your thing and get close to the people that you work with every day. And it's just like, it's this weird, but you're so happy to be at home with your baby. And 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 you know what I mean? Like it's this weird thing. It's like a dichotomy. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> just I was just, like, like, why didn't yourself? You know, like, why doesn't anybody talk about this stuff? You know, like nobody, but everybody feels it.
4: Oh yeah. I'll
0: come back on it again. Post baby.
4: I'll tell you all the things that is happening. Cause I'm like, it's, it's so true. We're like, you obviously are grateful for the time that you get to, because some people don't get to have maternity and they don't get to spend the time with their children. And so that's the other side of it. Right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, when you're sitting there going, Oh, but like I do like already because it's been a couple of months, I'm like, oh, I miss being on set. I love being pregnant. And this is, you know, one, a wonderful time, but like, I already miss it.
0: Do you love it? Being pregnant, being pregnant?
4: I don't think i love it as much as some people where like some people just like are like i could have 18 kids yeah <laughs> i'm like whoa um but it, i have been very very lucky and it's like a, it's a very cool like the baby is kicking and so like my husband being able to feel that and like that like those connections are being made right now so it's a really special time so i think like this part i'm like oh yeah the first the first trimester i didn't really feel like I was just like I feel kind of hungover oh (laughs) like every day like it wasn't I didn't thank God I was very lucky didn't have like severe nausea or like anything debilitating yeah but I couldn't tell anyone and so it was just like this time where I was like okay and then you get into the second trimester and I was like oh this is pretty dope I can (laughs) I can get behind Right, right, right like you're like I can handle this yeah
0: wow okay well i i know you're a busy gal so i don't want to take up any more of your time but i just want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast you're amazing and i'm just grateful to have you
4: thank you so much and thank you for having me this has been awesome and please come
0: back after you have your baby I will. we'll come
4: back and, and talk post baby how my pelvic floor is doing i, I have so uh, don't even get
0: me started it. i have so many questions about birth are you doing a um all natural birth
4: yeah, I mean that's the plan. Yeah. So I think I've come to terms with the fact that everyone says like you make a plan and then the baby's like just kidding. Yeah. Um. But um. But yeah, I would like it to be as natural as possible.
0: I've. It's so funny. I've decided that too. M- mind you, I have no idea when I'm gonna have a baby. <laughs> but I was like, <laughs> listen, I'm a planner too. I support. Yeah. I was like I'm gonna do an all natural birth. Uh. And then that's what everybody says. Like yeah, okay. Wait till you. Wait till it comes. And I'm like, oh, we'll see.
4: Yeah. That's always been like my mom. And his mom both did natural births. And so like, I think it's just like, a that's what I have known. Yeah. Um, but I also have some friends that are like, pass, like immediately got the epidural and are very happy they made that decision. So I know. Like, yeah. Yeah. But I think, I think I'm going to, I'm going to be able to push it out. But uh, I know like we were made to do this that's what I keep going back to is I'm just like, we have been doing this forever and our bodies, like it's kind of, I, that's one thing I've enjoyed about pregnancy is like reading on all of the changes that happen and how your body is literally made for this and grows a separate organ (laughs) out of nowhere to, to keep your baby alive is, you know, it's, it's mind blowing. So I'm kind of so far I am so oddly calm about the,
0: the idea of having to actually birth the baby. Yeah. Well, I'm going to send you all my good, uh, good vibes, good juju and good everything. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your week and thanks for scrubbing in. Thank
4: you. See you later. Bye.
3: three five one zero three zero zero and follow the climbing in heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast.
1: This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. EBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed a hundred thousand miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it.